Welcome back to our first Tribeca, Untitled Tribeca review. I am one of your hosts, Matt Rohrbeck, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he's tomato meter approved, Eric Marchin. You talking to me? You talking to me? Tribeca has begun, my friend. You must be talking to me because I'm the only other one here. Yeah. Um, Because he's a co-founder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, (laughs) I I think some people got that, but probably like three people. (laughs) Well, I mean, Robert De Niro is one of the founding members of the festival. Oh, totally. Just like Redford is is attached to Sundance, you know, De Niro is attached to Tribeca. But yeah, our very first Tribeca, uh, we are covering it from the comfort of our homes. So the, the press side of things is completely digital, but you can go see things in person. In if you are in New York, um, there are screening, you know, outdoor screenings, I believe. I think some indoor stuff, but um, we are covering it from the comfort of our dens slash living rooms. Eric, our first film is Randall Okita's uh, See For Me, a Canadian production. So we're starting off with some CanCon, unintentional. CanCon and Kim Coates. Yeah. Yeah, my close personal friend Kim Coates. Yes, (laughs) as you posted online, Uh, that's a very good interview, by the way. Um, And the one that I did with him. Yeah. Uh, Oh God, a while ago now. It was two thousand. 2013 i think or 14 2013 that can you believe that's eight years ago i know that's scary (laughs) that's ridiculous that is scary but uh yeah neither one of us knew that this was a telefilm uh production until the credits came on i was like oh okay (laughs) you can't escape canadian films when you're canadian like it's it's kind of serendipitous in a weird way but uh yeah it was it was kind of I kind of laughed when I saw the Telefilm logo because when you texted me, you watched it before me and you said Kim Coates was in this. It was like, okay, well, there's sorry some... if that was like a sp- it's not a spoiler, no, but no, I just no, don't no, think no, neither of not, us knew he's that not listed on some of the like he's not listed on Letterboxd and things like that. And like mm-hmm. if you if that's your like your one stop shop for, you know, films right now and, and sort of cast and crew, he's not on there, which is strange because he's probably the biggest name. Um but it is almost like a reveal that he's in the movie, but yeah. it is in all of the, you know, like it's in, in the all description the press and, and, and stuff like he's that, also yeah. in the Q and a that I watched after uh, the film mm-hmm. that's available on uh, the virtual app. But he is well. a mysterious figure throughout a lot of, but it you know, his like, voice as soon as you hear him, like yeah. he's got that very distinct kind of sleazy yeah, voice. Like, like yeah, he, like, like when you get Kim Coates and you put him in a movie, he's either going to play like a horrible, horrible human being or at least a sleazebag. Yeah. And like, I, I would be interested to see him play a nice guy. In something. Yeah. I got to think the last thing I've seen him play a, you know, a good dude. in. I mean, arguably in Sons of Anarchy, he's a, I well, mean, he's he's complex. Like, yeah. he's not he's not really a good guy or even an antihero. But there there's more to him over the course of that series um especially you know with his relationship with his daughter and and where that mm. goes and things like that and um, did you finish that series no but i, I have a couple either. family members that are obsessed with it like yeah. they are i they, loved it they when keep it was watching on for it. a they keep, while they, they keep they don't watch really? anything else like literally. i remember uh, the first how many seasons did it go for like seven it's like, 
six or seven. Yeah. Yeah. I think the last season I never watched or the I'm last look this up seasons. right now as you're talking just to, to this is the Kim this. Coates cast. Yes. Where we only, talk although about... you could make a Kim Coates cast with the number yeah. of films and television shows that he has been in. Oh yeah. Um, you could, you could cover one, you know, film or show or production. Probably one of week. Canada's finest character actors. I oh, totally. Say. He all I seven mean, like, seasons for, for, um, American audiences. Like he always kind of pops up in like Michael Bay productions and things like that. He was in Pearl Harbor and, and the Island. And, um, uh, he's probably kind of best known the one scene that a lot of people reference or, you know, like action fans reference when they think of like, you know, Bruce Willis action movies is, uh, uh, the last boy the last scout boy the scene scout. where yeah, he yeah. kills where bruce willis kills kim coates uh by Spoilers. bashing him in the nose yeah yeah but that's the, that that's the other place, joke kim we? coates yeah. dies in almost everything he's <laughs> yes in. that is also true yeah um so we love the man he's great he's always wonderful even in the smallest roles like in open range uh with kevin costner who he also co-starred with in uh Waterworld. Uh, back in the day so yeah he's been doing it for a while um but going back to the film <laughs> to see for me yeah uh see for me we're going to probably have to tread lightly in terms of the plot synopsis and sort of going through sort of the the story overall. But essentially what this boils down to um, is a home invasion thriller with that kind of flips the script a little bit. But essentially at the center of it all, you have a former skier and blind cat sitter who goes out to kind of the middle of nowhere in this kind of isolated uh, sort of uh, rural area that was actually shot outside of Toronto. But it's and, New York. In but this, it's New York. Right? It's upstate yeah. New York in, in the film. And essentially uh, the character of Sophie uh, played by Skylar Davenport in their first uh, feature film role. Uh, it, it has an introducing credit for them. Um, they, uh, the character Sophie, she, uh, ends up, uh, sort of cat sitting for this affluent, uh, woman who goes on vacation and you kind of learn that, you know, even though, you know, she had the success as a skier and, you know, she's blind, she's not a saint. And this is what the movie is really intent on getting across that she is very crass uh with people that want to either help her or sort of quote-unquote you know feel pity um and what i really love about this character and i think about the script overall is that the film is complex in showing you a character that is both flawed and also very strong but at the same time isn't afraid to be a jerk and 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 abuse and manipulate you know her disability to her advantage Mm -hmm. um and that's one thing i think this script actually really does a good job of sort of keeping a through line of uh up until a certain point um but if you've seen you know the, the references will go from everything from the uh audrey hepburn movie wait until dark with alan arkin playing um a burglar who threatens her from the 1960s, which is one of Roger Ebert's most hated films, which is actually oh, really? <laughs> a great movie um, to see no evil with uh, Mia Farrow. And, and more recently, like you can even look at films like David Fincher's panic room mm-hmm. or, you know, don't breathe and sort of playing with the, this specific type of mm-hmm. home invasion thriller. Um, mm-hmm. It's a very hush to an extent. Hush to. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, Mike Flanagan's film on Netflix. So there's, there's a ton of these movies. Um, 
you know, it's it's a subgenre basically, um, mm-hmm. or a sublet in this case. Ah. Uh, yeah. And so essentially what you have is this character um is going through the motions of trying to figure out what to do as these three villains break into this house and she uses an app early on called see for me which has sort of somebody uh help assist sort of the visually impaired it's based on a real app called be my eyes yeah yeah and so the first time around she tries to use it because she gets locked out of the house um she gets somebody that's basically coddling her or or being Mm -hmm. condescending to her um, but she also shows uh, Sophie also shows a lot of attitude again, like, you know, you're not supposed to necessarily love the character or, um, you know, be on that character side just because she's blind. Yeah. Just uh, like in the movie where she doesn't want people to pity her. Right. You're also supposed to um, think that about, you know, the, the character. character. Yeah. Yeah. And and so the person that she gets next, Sophie, um, is somebody that, you know, is willing to give a little bit of attitude back. Um, which I actually also really like. It's it's kind of predictable where it's like yeah. you get somebody with like attitude who's you know a, a former marine living who's out- experience in first person shooters shooters and, stuff like and that, that yeah. becomes a whole thing as well. Like yeah. this is the most intense first person shooter I think I've seen in some time Um, but it uses it in a very interesting way and I think Mm -hmm. that that again like there's some twists and turns throughout this movie um, that really work and also considering you know obviously it doesn't affect the movie that you're watching but this is a film that had to stop production halfway through because of covid um they had to use two cinematographers one of which is jordan oram who also shot spiral from the book of saw you might remember that movie uh, quite well uh, as we've reviewed it 3.5 um, out of 5 yes on on your end um <laughs> actually letterbox has been giving me some problems and it updated it to a three so i had to change that back uh, but that's another story entirely uh Really, really slick, but ultimately kind of familiar territory with a couple of moments that I felt I wish it went further with because it became really intriguing about halfway through and sort of keeping consistent with the character portrayal yeah, in the situation. I agree with and you. And it's kind of like... Without giving anything away. This is yeah. this is good. Like, this is excellent. And then it kind of backtracks a little bit on that. And yes. I understand, you know, it, it sets itself I'm in up. on the same boat as you. Yeah, I, I, sorry for rambling on. I just wanted no, to kind of get, I'm... like, the, the, the establishing there. And and I do think that Skylar uh, Davenport, their their performance is uh, really strong um, in, in the center of it. And, and again, yeah, they're great. to the character. Yeah, yeah uh, I, I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I, I thought, um, you know, it was a pretty good start to the festival. Like, I, I thought it was a pretty okay or pretty decent like high concept thriller i I, like i don't think it does anything necessarily groundbreaking or uh, or you know like holy shit i've never seen this before but you know it's an entertaining little you know tight little thriller that i thought had some interesting concepts with that kind of like be my eyes or see for me in this case uh app like i i did kind of it's still I don't want this to sound super negative because I don't want to shit on Canadian movies all the time. Uh, but it did still feel very Canadian to me as it started. <laughs> and I'm like, at first I'm like, Ooh, like I don't it takes place I, during winter. Yeah. And just like, you know, the first, uh, her friend that she calls, um, first who helps her out. Cam. And just, That's the Cam. character's name. Yeah. Um, and I, I just like, at first was a little, thrown off but then as the movie goes on um you know i started to kind of get into it and see where they were going with the the high concept and um you know i i thought it's a little 
convenient with the person um, she gets connected to on her call. Like we said, being a you know <clears throat> former uh, you know someone in the military who who is literally playing first person shooters as she calls her and things like that. And while I like the Kelly's idea, the name of the character, Kelly, and, yeah. uh, uh, Jessica Parker Kennedy is the name of the actor portraying the character. Thank you, Eric. Uh, she earns um, that pizza, by the way, though. <laughs> oh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. But like, I like the idea <laughs> of that. It just almost seems too overly written right um and and i think that i mean you need that's what the high concept of the movie is is okay um someone who cannot see uh there's a home invasion and she needs help uh, sort of needs help doing that and like the um even though the character pushes back on that and i i know what you're saying and without getting into it like because i don't want to give that stuff away um i agree that about halfway through the movie it, it goes to some interesting places that i wish they kind of pushed even further um or went further with and there's a great sequence with a a police officer and 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 uh i really thought that stuff in the in the in the middle of the movie was was quite good and actually unexpected um but then you know the final act becomes kind of more what you'd expect out of a you know a typical home invasion thriller um but yeah i don't know i liked the idea of of getting help through this app and you're seeing it both from, you know, um, uh, her perspective and the perspective of, of the, the app. And it, it literally at times has that exact first person shooter thing. And she's trying to guide her through, um, to kind of take out, um, these invaders. And I, I like the idea of that. I just don't think it fully completely works, but then, that being said, I was actually kind of like, you know, pretty entertained throughout that whole thing, even though it's not, you know, it didn't completely work for me. I think it's really hard to screw up this kind of concept yeah. because it's single location for the most part. Um, if you have a lead or a character that you're at least invested in, even if you don't like them, yeah, uh, it can be fun. And if the film is well made, which it is, mm-hmm. um, it might be a little bit over directed in terms of just like, like there's shots in this that will, you know, I mentioned panic room already, but there's like that vertical parallax shot where you see, the character of Sophie lying in bed horizontally. And as she gets up, when she it turns hears with her. The, it turns with her. Right. Yeah. Um, and there are shots like that, although it's not moving around the house, like a David Fincher movie, but something that you brought up that I think is really important to also talk about in terms of being critical of the movie, um, in terms of conveniences, um, yeah. when the character is kind of, you know, aware of what is going on and uses the see for me app again, you know, the the convenience of Sophie not getting caught seems a little bit like a suspension of disbelief where, you know, you have to have the character kind of maneuver around or creep around halls. And, you know, even though the character doesn't have the flashlight on at all times, there's still a bright light emanating. It feels like that character would have been caught earlier on and and it almost reminded me of like when i watched you play you know hitman where you know you see you kind of like trying to keep away from being caught or or you know drawing attention to yourself and you're hiding in the bushes but it's like you can clearly see that like there's this bald guy hiding in the bushes they almost go too far with the video game kind of stuff even though that's and again it's trying to i get what it's doing in the Mm. process because one you can't have the character get caught right away and obviously suspension of disbelief but it's also trying to lay out the geography of 
sort of the location like early right. on in in the film you know you you get to explore the location with the character of cam her, her friend and and um uh, one of her trainers that she works with um as a, when she was a skier an alpine skier um and like there's a scene where like you know it's set up for for later on where the character goes into one part of the room in a basement and the wi-fi isn't as strong the signal isn't as strong and it's kind of like okay you know that this is going to be something that'll come into right. play again later on like everything is very surface level in terms and of its setup and, yeah. and, and and payoffs but I think overall, it is a very entertaining, well-made little movie that, you know, like if you give it a shot, it's it's it doesn't overstay its welcome. Um, a the nice, other thing, breezy 92 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It, it, a cold front's coming on. It's a perfect movie to watch during maybe, you know, the, the winter months. Um, the other thing that I'm not the biggest fan of, and, and it's not just this movie, a lot of films do it, is when at the beginning of the film you know, you're introducing the character in a very kind of um, blunt fashion where you have, um, you know, Sophie listening and her mother also listening to, um, you know, ski highlights or like, right, you know, right. and, and it's, and it's exposition to get out that, okay, this character used to she be, used to be a, skier a former skier. Yeah. And it just kind of feels like that's for the audience, not for, um, not for the characters because then when she goes downstairs her mother's also listening to it really loud and you think that's kind of weirdly almost insensitive that the character would have like you, you think that like the mom would sort of be attuned to sort of how right. she's feeling at that moment sophie the character so mm -hmm. um it's just again like that's exposition for exposition's sake where like i felt like they got that across as the story went along because they kept referencing it it's like they look you know like both the character of Kate and sort of the villains even look up online. It's like, you know, she's this former Alpine skier, one of the best, you know, in the under 18 age bracket. And it just keeps coming up. And it's like, you don't need to keep telling us this. We get it, you know, mm -hmm. and that never really comes into play other than. Like, I mean, a little bit because, uh, you know, the, the see for me app. Um, sorry. The character's name is uh, uh, Kelly. Kelly. Yeah. Kelly, Kelly, no, Pardon Kelly, me, Kelly, Kelly, Kelly. Yeah. yeah. No, because uh, Kelly has to kind of find out, you know, who Sophie is to try and, you know, help her out later in the movie. And I guess that stuff's put in there. So it's easier to identify her because. Right. Even but the way so that, do the villains. And it just yeah. it's like it just keeps coming up like it's just it's like, OK, you know, they could have done this once. They didn't need to do it, you know, a yeah. couple of times over. Yeah. Uh, no, I agree. But um, yeah, no, I, I, I think it was a um, an entertaining, um, if not, you know. I don't want to say derivative because I've seen like, I mean, I like home invasion movies. I like thrillers like this. And I think this kind of succeeds in being a perfectly enjoyable one with a, you know, an interesting high concept of um, like you, I mean, you mentioned the movies that have done even this sort of style within the home invasion genre before, but well, even the first um, purge movie, right? Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but I like the idea of using this app and, you know, this team kind of element trying to kind of take them out and, and, even if some of the abilities of Kelly seem a little bit too convenient, convenient. or the um, way that the, the other characters yeah. don't catch Sophie within the house, like yeah. the way that she kind of moves around and is able to be undetected mm -hmm. kind of feels like, okay, again, like this is, especially when she has to kind of talk to the person on the other end or hear what they're. Yeah. Kind or of when saying. they're hiding in a room and, and like the character yeah. is just kind of like, you know, talking to, you know, uh, the nine one one dispatcher and, and you think like, okay, well, you know, one of, one of these guys, I know that one of them is drilling. Um, they do go back to that quite a bit. To, so to, I think 
show you that, hey, it's very loud in here, so we can't really hear her, right? Like, they have this dude just drilling into this safe for, like, what seems like half an hour. Yeah. Um, to kind of, I think, really hit home that, hey, it's really loud in there, so they can't really, you know, hear what's going on. But, I mean, I even like, you know, some of the reactions from the the burglars, too, of, like... Well, John, that- uh, uh, John uh, uh, Pingu, who is another really kind of prolific canadian actor who's kind of pops up everywhere he's he's very ubiquitous he was also in uh brendan cronenberg's antiviral and and uh paul ws anderson's pompeii um he's basically playing like kind of like the forest whitaker of of this film where like he's he's the most conflicted of the three and that's the other thing like like those three characters the ones that are in the house are also archetypes of sort of you know yeah. the thieves you like you yeah. have you know the ringleader the ringleader versus, yeah. and then the one sort of sort of loose cannon yeah and, and like reminded me a little bit of, of dwight yoakam in panic room raul where like you don't know where you stand with that character mm-hmm. yeah it has all those tropes but and it's written by again. we should also mention that it's written by uh, uh adam york and uh tommy uh gus Hugh. cool yeah. uh i thought it was a decent little start to the festival um Again, maybe not something I'm going to remember um, per se, but I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with that either. Um, so uh, I, I'm going to give it a three out of five. I, I thought it was uh, pretty solid. I'm also going to give it a three out of five. Nice. Uh, Eric, how excited are you for the rest of Tribeca? We've had a, a little bit of a procrastinating start, but... But we have um, time. That's the other do, thing. Yeah. Like we have a lot more time when it comes week, yeah. to, um, you know, watching these films. But yeah, we're going to get on it now that we're, you know, we've we've done our first recording and really the digital stuff didn't start until yesterday. And yeah, um, for the features on the feature for, side, yeah, it. on the feature side, yeah. For um, so a lot of our coverage will be going out over the next week or so. So um, you know, until next Friday, um, we'll have a, a smattering of reviews. Uh, probably each day um, and between, you know, probably two to three, uh, maybe some days only one, but you'll see. Um, but we're going to cover a lot of great stuff. We're excited to watch the Anthony Bourdain uh, doc uh, later today. So you guys will be getting that tomorrow, um, but there's lots of good stuff. I just was watching the Ubisoft uh, E3 press conference, Eric, and they put in a trailer of Werewolves Within. Of course, perfect <laughs> tie-in, Tribeca yeah. and, uh, yeah, and E3. And E3. So. <laughs> Yeah, they did do a Tribeca game showcase and stuff because Tribeca is now trying to be a little bit more like South by Southwest, it seems, where they're including more than just films like they have TV and video games this and year. And Q&As and things yeah. like that because yeah. there's one with Guillermo del Toro and Bradley Cooper that they're kind of really promoting uh, before Nightmare Alley comes out later this year. And mm-hmm. um, just imagine Robert De Niro playing a video game, which is just <laughs> delights me. <laughs> yeah. That also he's playing werewolves within. Um, yeah. It always gets me excited when I click that first, like last night when I played the first movie and you get the Tribeca intro and stuff like that. I'm like, all right, we're doing another festival. Let's go. So, um, and I thought we were off to a good start and always love to see a Canadian film that, you know, you mentioned this before we started, I, I'll take a hundred, canadian films like this that are like 
you know, they don't need to be spectacular. Just be, you know, perfectly enjoyable. Don't reinvent the wheel. Just it have a good It does exactly what it sets out to yeah, do. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think it uh, should be applauded for that. So uh, thank you all for listening. You guys can uh, stay tuned on this channel for all of our other Tribeca uh, coverage. Uh, we also have reviews up right now for a lot of other movies. I'm going to pull everything up here so I make sure I plug The aforementioned Spiral from the Book of Saw. Yeah. Uh, the Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, a Wake, uh, In the Heights, uh, Loki episodes one and two, Plan B, uh, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, Cruella, we'll have a Luca review probably in the middle of Tribeca this week as well. Um, uh, lots and lots of stuff. Uh, our newest draft on the Untitled Movie Podcast you guys can check out. It's kind of a Tribeca preview. So if you're interested to see what movies we're going to cover and, and, and what we feel like of the whole, uh, how we feel about the whole festival, uh, go check that out as well as our mayor of East town reactions. Uh, Eric's love of the saw franchise. Um, uh, my love of the Toronto Maple Leafs, things like that. So, um, please go check out our letterboxd HQ, which is untitled podcast. That's kind of our hub for everything untitled movie podcast. So all of our Tribeca stuff will be there. All of our reviews, uh, all of our latest drafts, um, all of our schedules and things like that. So it's basically anything you need, uh, for all the podcasts we do, we'll be over there on Untitled Podcast over on Letterbox. It's and your then, one-stop shop. Yep, and then Untitled underscore cast on all the other social medias. Please drop us a review if you would be so kind. Uh, and you can follow me on all those social medias at Matt Rorabek. And I'm Eric Marchin. You can find more of my video reviews at rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on the social medias at EM6211. Until next time. Kim Coates wears a coat in this movie. Final form. Ha <laughs>